Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Good morning and welcome, welcome. This is the second webinar in a series hosted by Kingdom Treasurers. And today we're going to have two ladies who will be talking about funding and managing business and finance. My name is Tinoke Akinbolomo and I'll be taking you through this session. We just have a few um, house rules before we start. If you have any questions, please put them in the chat box and I will pick them up for the question and answer session, which we will have later on. So um, we're going to go, we've got two ladies, we're doing one first and then the other, question and answers after each one. So we're starting off with Mrs. Fumi Ayobadejo. Fumi, welcome, welcome. Hi. Now you're going to talk to us a little bit about your experience. This is an experiential um, thing about finance and funding. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions and if you could answer them as honestly as you can, please. Can you introduce your business? Tell us what the business does and where and how it operates. Okay. Um, as you said, thank you very much, Sinoke, for um, introducing me. My name is Fumilaya Yabadejo again. Um, my business name is called We Trade as Patrick Ayoski in the UK, and we trade as Patrick. Um, sorry, we trade as Patrick Ayoski in Nigeria, and we trade as Ayoski Fabrics in the UK. Um, what we do, we do. We supply three products. I will start from the easy ones, which is zips, crystals, and then fabrics. What do we do with our fabrics? We actually produce African prints or African-inspired designs on any textures apart from cotton wax. So it can be anything from chiffon to silk to jersey. Anything apart from cotton wax is what we would do. Um, produce our products basically um, our, our designs on. Um, sorry if I'm a bit, it's my first Zoom meeting, so. Don't worry, sorry, you're, good. you're good, go yeah. ahead. So um, we run across borders. So we have a very interesting model because of my lifestyle. So I live in Dubai with my family, uh, my children's school in the UK, but our business runs mainly from Africa because it's African print products. So our manufacturing is done in China. Our distribution is done out of Nigeria. It used to be done out of Nigeria and the UK up till two years ago. And our customers are across borders. So our biggest customer base is Nigeria and Ghana, um, followed by the UK. And then we have America, Canada, and we have a few Europe. So pretty much we trade and work across the globe. So that's what we do. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot already. Okay, can you tell us specifically the financial challenges that you have faced during the pandemic? And if you can give us specific examples, please. Okay, so the pandemic was a bit, it came as a bit of a shock. So, um, and I'll tell you the financial, um, financial challenges, but I also like to be real with people so that they understand where we're coming from. So we, I rushed quickly back to the UK um, to get my kids. And before we could say, we were leaving on an 8 p.m. flight and we woke up at 6 a.m. and the borders to 
Dubai was closed or UAE. So at that time, uh, of course, I thought of my business, but I called Nigeria because I just left Nigeria. I was, you know, checking up on things, but the safety situation had become very bad when the borders started closing, like we all were aware. And so the first thing I thought in my head was my staffs and customers first. I could imagine them calling and saying, a staff of mine had been caught up in the COVID situation. So in terms of finance and how did that impact us financially, the first thing I did was to close down all the shops. And we actually closed down all the shops before the federal government actually asked us to close down, which meant financially, it meant I went straight into a zero sales situation. Um, So the first thing I'll say financially was I went from a selling to basically a zero sales completely. Um, And then obviously the next thing was logistics. So when you go into a zero sales and you don't have any income at all coming in, then you think, how do you manage all your logistics? How do you maintain all your um, outgoing? But because I quickly realized that, well, my logistics would need to be limited. So what I basically did was I instantly turned to my books. And I instantly turned to my cash Um, because if sales was zero, we would need cash to survive. We would need cash to keep the customers going. We would need cash to keep the staffs going. We would need cash to pay our rent. Um, And mine was a tough one because we had about 20 odd staffs that relied on us. So another practical thing I did, even though, some people might find it interesting was I went straight to the Bible stories. So I quickly thought off the top of my head, um, how were this problem sorted in the Bible? So I went straight and the first thing that jumped at me was Joseph and Jacob who were always on a journey or on a plan and then they were turned around. So in terms of how it affected me financially, that was the key thing because my sales went to zero my logistics was affected. And obviously staff management was another challenging thing because here I was not planned, stuck in the UK with a lot of my work materials in Dubai and in Nigeria, and I had to manage staffs remotely. And did you feel that there a huge responsibility because you had the lives of other people in your hands, didn't you? Yeah, so I that was probably one of the things that I probably... Um, had to quickly do so like I said um, I didn't go into a panic mode I was trying not to go into a panic mode because it was a sudden shutdown for me I thought I would quickly you know I knew it was coming but I thought so let me take you back a few steps because we manufacture in China I knew and they had he had hit China first I knew it was coming so the first thing we did was In January, when it hit China, we did a lot of importation out of China quite quickly to stock up till June, September. But what we did not plan to think about is that I didn't think it was going to hit the UK and Nigeria because initially it was a China issue. 
So by the time he hit Nigeria and the UK, I was a bit in a shock. Uh, but I tried to control it because I had over 20 people relying on me. So the first thing I know I told them is that God works things all together for good for those that love God. Yes. Uh, it was very interesting because I then had them to encourage. I also had a son doing GCSE too. So I had like two sides of the, you know, I had staff, I had a family member, and I had to always explain to that, you know, everything is going to be okay. One of the things I did to encourage them was we quickly called a general meeting. I did a Zoom. You know, I actually used Microsoft Teams first, as much as I never liked it. So it was my first time of using it. So we did a quick meeting of everybody from the staffs in Abuja to Lagos. And we did a quick Microsoft team meeting saying, guys, everything is going to be okay. And what I did quite quickly was organize a food kind of package for them to say, we would have to stay at home, even though the federal government hasn't asked us to. But regardless, everything is going to be okay. We're going to go through this together. And I got one of the staffs to organize enough you know, a small food package that would last anyone for, you know, to at least eat. Because like I said, our sales had gone to zero. So I yeah. said, well, we're going to pay salaries this month, but every month we don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to trust God that we would be able to pay our salaries. However, um, so it was quite heavy because of my staff. I, I remember that most nights, that's how I read the story of Jacob about wrestling with God. Because most nights I'll be awake when everybody is asleep and I'll still be awake till about one thing. It was going to happen to my staff, what's going to happen to my customers. I worried about my customers, you know, especially the ones that were heavily invested in us um, yeah. as their main business, as our distributors. I also worried a lot about them. Okay, well, I was going to ask you um, for um, challenges and how you overcome them, but you've kind of touched on some of this. So I wanted to pick you up on something that you said. You said you arranged a prayer meeting every night. Yeah. But yes. are all your staff Christian or was that just? No. Okay. So one of the things I did, so maybe what I can do is run down some of the things I did. Please. So immediately it happened. There were some things that we did step by step. So the first thing, like I said, was to calm myself down and not go into a panic mode um, because I had people relying on me. Um, we called the meeting, and after the meeting, we organized. So I remember the meeting was on a Wednesday or Thursday. We quickly sealed off all our premises and all our assets, car, company cars, bikes, everything, computers. I told everybody that make sure you all have your phones with you. You have everything that you could use to work remotely. And then we then decided to organize a prayer meeting at 9 o'clock on our company group every night starting Monday. Now, all our staffs are christians when i mean christians not um necessarily christians are born again christians they go to some church or the other um and also we had one muslim so not all of us were born again but i encouraged everybody to say at this time whatever we do we definitely need god and we have not missed one day since we started in March. I think it was around the 25th of March. And we did a timetable, weekly timetable. We got the company admin to do a weekly timetable. And we would actually type up, you know, as you're praying, you're typing your prayer as opposed to saying it. Because it was quite difficult getting everybody to talk. 
So what we did was you would type your prayer in Jesus' name. Yesterday was my turn, actually. <laughs> it now, normally gets to my turn every two, three weeks. So we, we are doing that every night at 9 p.m. where every member of staff, the only one that hasn't been able to join us was, um, is the one that is a Muslim, but she views it and says amen. But everybody had to pray. And interestingly, even my driver had to pray. Even the, you know, even the staffs in the warehouse who, you know, didn't have anything apart from GCSD level had to pray. So every, I got everyone involved in that and we would all send our prayer points and stuff like that. So we did things like that. We also suspended all non-essential spending. We had to because the most important thing was my staffs getting a salary and they're fed and me still staying in business. What I also did, because Nigeria is a very peculiar um, situation where some people might not. I mean, we don't have follow. And I only closed down my shop two years ago. So I was a bit down because of that, because all my friends in the UK were telling me about follow. And I thought, okay, I closed down my shop two years ago when I relocated to Dubai. And there was nothing like that for me. But I would take walks and speak to God and say, God, you know, I don't have this as an option. What am I going to do? So we stopped all non-essential spending. I also did something very interesting. We paid any vendors that even gave us a credit. We actually paid them because I understood that I wanted to be treated the same way that I would treat them. So I told my accounts, write all the list of all the vendors, even if we had a 30 or 60 day credit with you, we paid everything off. I didn't want to owe anybody because the Bible says, owe nobody anything, nothing but love. Um, one key thing was I built my mindset heavily on the word of God. And as, as much as it seems, you would heavily need that. Um, because I think that was the only thing that got me going because I was confused because I was extremely happy and excited. And I was really confused about myself because I was like, <laughs> I'm in a situation that I don't even know maybe I'm going to make sales tomorrow. I'm going to be open tomorrow. But just staying in the word of God, reading the stories of Joseph. So I like Bible stories. So mm. I, rather than go to stories that would, I would struggle with, I quickly went to the Bible stories I like. So I like Joseph, I like Jacob, I like Daniel, I like David, but I really focused a lot on Joseph and Jacob's story to get me through. And one of the things I realized is that what I like about Joseph is you're given, uh, it's like you're given a vision, but from the day you're given the vision, problem starts. And he just went through all the problems on this earth. So it was easy for me to understand that, okay, that, but he still got there. And God still did what he was going to do. So I really held up. I mean, I could probably write a book on Joseph's story right now. And then on the days I find it tough, I'll wrestle like Jacob in the middle of the night. Um, I also did something interesting. I told my staff, do not try and sell to customers. Just love them. And I gave them a mandate. Check and look and, you know, check every, the well-being of every customer. I did some myself. You know, I would call them, are you okay? Make sure they're fine because we're all in this together. They're not buying because they don't want to. And some of them might not know how to. So I would call customers um, and things like that. I've talked about essential spending, 
customers. And also what I did was I changed any money that was in account in our account because I know the way Nigeria runs. I quickly changed all of them to dollars into a dollar account. So I knew that my money was at least safe and the valuation was okay. So those were the, I mean, those were the key things. But one thing that kept on ringing in my head was two things. Um, the word of God, love, and cash was key. I'm not telling you, cash was a major thing. I, I mean, even in my personal life, I suspended. But there were hard decisions we had to make too. And I knew I had to make those hard decisions. But God made it slightly easy for me. And part of it was letting go of not just assets, um, even staffs. And God made it easy for me because what I did was I changed my pay structure to okay. a commission. But I gave my staffs, my revenue staffs, very high um, commission that everybody thought I was crazy. I, you know, I had a friend that ran a business, I said, how can you give your staffs all your profit? I said, it's better for them to be okay. Mm. I will sort myself out somehow. Um, and some people couldn't even cope with that, even though it was a high, you know, commission pay structure. Some people over this COVID have actually earned, I know a staff, she earned three times what she would earn normally wow. because she quickly keyed into that pay structure and <laughs> ran with it. I know another staff that made double, and I made, and I know some staffs that struggled, especially the revenue staffs that didn't make half as much, you know, half mm -hmm. as much as what they would make normally. So I think, I mean, some of the things, like I would be honest, I had to get rid of is I realized that I didn't need a PA anymore, but my PA is fantastic, so I got her a job with somebody that needed a job because I explained to her, and she did understand the situation. But even though I told her I still don't need her, she works for somebody else, she actually still does the rotor of the prayer meeting and she's still very much with her. So she's almost like running double lives. Um, we got rid of our payment, uh, one of our payment systems that we pay for in dollars because it was a heavy cost. Uh, my driver had to go. One of our company cars, we sold it because we just realized that all our operations are on bikes and logistics. Um, just tough things that you find people will tell you you have to have in business, but you really don't have to have them. So we, and every day, even till now, we keep reviewing our cash. I mean, I look at my accounts receivable and accounts payable with a fine comb every single day. And every cover we save because we're not completely out of this lockdown. Ah. So would you say that you're, in, I mean, obviously, God willing, have to, would you say you're in a good place? Like, yo, you're going to survive this? Because I think a lot of businesses have struggled. Yeah, I mean, I'm very, very grateful to God. I, I mean, you ask me this question, I almost feel like crying <laughs> because I've had so many testimonies towards it. So, like I said, in March, we went to a freeze situation where we shut down. The first two weeks of April, all I did was stayed in the word, pray. Um, I had some friends that we all, all we just did was just pray and talk about the word of God and ideas and take walks. Um, and interestingly, as we we're loving our customers, a customer calls mid of April and says, I want a product. And I said, okay, what does she, who is she sewing for? What does she want zips for? Um, and she said, she doesn't only want the zips. I want it right now. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to risk the lives of my staff. Um, 
how are we going to get the zips to her? You see, I was panicking so much for people's safety that I even forgot the income. Mm -hmm. And she said, and um, one of the staffs just came up and said, oh, I have a way around it. And somehow we were able to make that sale. Now, in terms of survival, would I be able to survive? By God's grace, I would be. But one thing I have learned is to be able to change. Change it and adapt is the key word. You can only survive if you can change. So I remember listening to a video that really helped. There was this YouTube video I listened to. And I remember the guy describing, you are, it's like being on a Titanic and you hit a rock. If you're on a Titanic and you hit the rock, you've got to change your strategy. So I'm even rewriting and reviewing a new business plan. So you cannot survive if you don't change. And you've got to be honest with yourself. You've got to be frank. Another thing is I also only kept people around me that were positive because I had to stay positive for my staffs. So if you have 20 staffs relying on you, you better be positive because you're not, they're all going to be looking on you. Um, but, you know, I, you also need, you know, that encouragement. And sometimes it might mean as it does, it's not meant to sound horrible. It might mean not call There's some particular friends I didn't actually call at that time because we were not just in the same line. Mm. It's just, the norm has changed. And if you're still telling me about yesterday, um, it's not going to work. The other thing is technology. I'm very grateful to God that um, I didn't understand myself, but I was hooked on technology. I was hooked on working remotely because of my early days in my career as a SAP consultant. So nobody, I mean, I used to not make sense to people. People used to say, oh, come and tell us how you run your business remotely because I've never lived in Nigeria and I've always run my distribution out of Nigeria to or you know, across the world. And I just think, you know, technology was another thing I had to pick on. But it's all about change, to be honest. Um, and, it's, and there's no time to take offense, too. It's very, very critical. No time to take offense. No time for pride. Nothing like that. Because when I even read the story of Joseph, all I could see was a, somebody that, for no reason, he was always, you know, picked on for what no absolute reason, but he was happy in it. So one of the things is I purposely kept a positive energy. So no time for grievances. The only thing I used to say, I just want to live, love, and have fun. So if we're not, yeah. So it's another change a lot of us have to get used to because it consumes your energy. Um, I'm work I also employed staffs, by the way, which during COVID. Yes, I've employed staffs during COVID. And interestingly enough, I employed staffs with that were not only on board, I employed staffs that had two one first class. And I was like, What? I was looking, where have you guys been? Before COVID, I was looking for you. <laughs> during COVID, I found you guys. And they've made my life a lot easier yeah yeah so what i would say is that everybody can survive but you just have to you might need to change your business model i had to change my business model you might need some products would have to go i have some products that have already gone 
you know, it's Can all I, about changing. I've got a couple of questions. So um, first one, have you been able to repurpose your business or considered repurposing it post COVID? Yes. So I, so what I have done, I'm guessing purpose is a change of direction. I think so. Yes. That's how I understand it. Yes. So one of the things I did was I quickly came to the fact that life is not going to be um, the same way. And what I have done is I have changed my direction to be a more technology based company to try and get my products, my customers in the most cost, cost efficient way. Because another thing I do a lot, um, because I, I am on boards of financial companies, um, investment companies, I tend to read the FT a lot. And one of the things when you read all this financial times, even though I sell fabric, is you obviously know that it's going to take us a while to get out of it. They're reckoning three years. I also went to read the stories of the World War One and World War Two, and how they survived and how long so I did a lot, by the way, I did a lot of reading this more yeah. than I would normally do <laughs> during the COVID. Um, so, in, and that helped me to repurpose because I came to a fact that this is going to be, I, I basically, I act like this is the norm. So based on that, I'm going to a process where we're actually rewriting our business strategy and plans at the moment to adapt to the current norm. So I'm not acting like, you know, I'm going to open shops t tomorrow like I did yesterday. No. Yeah. Okay. So I've been able to do that. All right. Next question. Thank you for that. What advice do you have for people just starting a business in the pandemic? What would you do differently? Um, the advice I would say is, first of all, do not do any heavy, any cash heavy projects or business. Stay away from it. Um, any business that is not driven by technology, again, don't consider. But most importantly, I've always been grateful to God that my eyes have always been on my books. And it's interesting because most people in my industry are not. So I'm always looking at um, my cash flow. I'm always looking at my balance sheet. Um, it's it, crazy, even if you sell food, Please, 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 can you please always look at your books? If you're not an expert at it, develop it. You know, um, just that is one advice. So technology, looking constantly looking at your finance, you know, and always remember something. You're doing business for other people to buy your services, not for you to buy it. So your products or your services so I hear a lot of people say, oh, I like this. Uh, and I'm thinking, is it for you or is it for yourself? It will be interesting to know that, first of all, I don't know how to sew, by the way, and I sell fabrics. Secondly, um, I'm not a fashionista like they'll call it. But my products are for my customers, not for me. Mm -hmm. So always remember that even if you have a passion, I tell people I'm passionate about making money. And cash is key now. So whatever passion you have at the moment, please be passionate about making, generating funds for it and make sure you have your books all set up and right from day one. If it doesn't add, if the maths don't add up, keep going back to it until it adds up. Brilliant. Thank you. Now, last question before we hand over to Tony. Um, basically, it seems like you have really loyal staff 
in Nigeria. How do you manage that, being that you're not even in Nigeria? Okay, talking about staffs and loyalty, the truth about the matter is that when I went into Nigeria, I've had staffs in the UK. And one thing I learned about staffing is that they are not your friends, for starters, but you have a duty as a business or a Christian business owner to show them love. And I learned this from Call to Business. You've got to show them love. And, and because they're your staff, you are the leader. So I'm, I'm grateful to God for loyalty, but I would say more than anything, it's really your process and your systems that would help that loyalty. You've got to develop the right processes and systems. So when I went to Nigeria, I didn't set up like a normal standard Nigerian company. I took the systems I had in my shop in London and I took it there. And I remember a lot of people saying it wouldn't work. So don't forget during this COVID, we had staffs leave, we had staffs resigned. And in fact, my 13 years staff actually left us during the COVID. And everybody was worried that why would she leave at a time like this? But I was cool with it because guess what? We survived, we're surviving so well. It hasn't affected, it hasn't affected uh, our sales because we had set up a system and process that anybody would fit in. But like you've got a duty to your staff to show them love, regardless of whatever they do. Yeah. You just do your own bit and leave the rest to God because what would happen is even when they're not loyal, someone would, God would always raise somebody else that would be loyal. And that's one thing I've learned. I've had new staffs, like I said, I've recruited this year and I've recruited during the COVID. And my staffs during that I've recruited during the COVID and just before the COVID have been one of the ones that have worked the most and done the best. And I haven't even seen what, I think I haven't seen two of them before. Wow. I've never seen them. Wow. <laughs> Apart from a video call. <laughs> okay, for me. So we've run out of time. We've literally got one minute. Yeah. Can you answer a question in one minute? You've got one minute. I'm going to time you. This is a question. Having run a physical business, what do you think of a purely e-commerce business? And I'm telling you, 60 seconds. I love it. It's a very easy answer. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it because you have a, work, a better work-life balance. Fantastic. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> that was easy. Thank you so much for me. Thank you, thank you so much for a lot of um, information, lots of nuggets there. Um, and I see that we've got, we put some notes in the section for people to pick up on some of the key things that you said. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And now, without any further ado, I'm going to hand over to Tony Oshoba. Tony. Good morning, everyone. My name is Tony Oshoba. Um, I'm a finance change and business consultant for uh, I currently work for an investment bank at the moment and um, yeah I've been in the financial services industry for 26 years just under 26 years so um, I do have a little bit of experience um, in terms of how businesses fund uh, their businesses uh, so I just wanted to share with you a few thoughts on if you like, maybe three things I would say in terms of empowering your business. The first two I'm going to run through very quickly, uh, literally two to three minutes on each, because I want to spend time on section three, which is the funding options. 
I've got about 22 funding options for you and it will take time to go through them. So apologies if it sounds like this presentation is rushed because I only have 30 minutes and it's a lot to cover in 30 minutes. So obviously you will get the handout notes um, straight after the uh, uh, webinar. It will be shared by the Kingdom's Treasurer's team that will share with you all the notes in this. So if you miss anything, don't worry too much about it. You will pick it all up um, in the handout notes. Okay, so three things I want to say about empowering your, uh, your small business. The first one is business structure. You have to put your business into a structure. If you're operating your business here in the UK or in any developed country in the world, you must have a structure. In the UK, there are four fundamental types of business structures that we have, sole trader partnership, limited liability company, and limited liability partnership, which combines the partnership uh, structure with the limited liability company. It basically tries to harness the benefits of both. So we won't have time to um, go into too much detail on each, but I just want to point something out. That second bullet point there is all of these structures require registration with the HMRC. Now I'll tell you a quick story. The last, we, we in Jesus House Kingdom Treasures, we held a seminar on the 14th of March uh, which was just under a week before the pandemic, before lockdown. Lockdown started on the 23rd of March. Our last seminar was on the 14th of March in Jesus House. On that seminar, it was a whole day seminar. I went into detail extensively and I appealed to everyone on that seminar, please register your businesses with the HMRC. Um, I know a lot of people, particularly in the African community, we run businesses from our homes. We run, um, you know, we buy and sell stuff and we do catering businesses and some of us are bakers and we do very well, but we don't register these businesses with the government. Guess what? On the 23rd of March, lockdown started, Boris Johnson came on, uh, Rishi Sunak, uh, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, they began to talk about the follow scheme. Guess what was the very first requirement of being eligible for the follow scheme? You had to have been registered with the HMRC. Now, that immediately struck out, I would say, easily half of the businesses in the African community, because I know from statistics, a lot of African business people for, uh, from the African descent running businesses in the UK, they don't register these businesses. And that was so sad to see that businesses who could have benefited from furlough scheme, from so many of these schemes and some of many of the funding options I'm about to discuss with you, unfortunately did not benefit because they were not registered. So I can't stress it enough, lockdown or no lockdown, pandemic or no pandemic, you have to register your business. It doesn't matter if you're a sole trader, you're a one-man band, you're baking or you're, you're cooking, you have a good catering business, you have customers, 
Whatever it is, please register these businesses. Let the government know you are operating because the government is trying to help businesses. They cannot help you if they don't know you exist. So I guess that's all I wanted to say about business structure. As I said, these four, all of this information is available on the uh, handout notes. So we have the sole traders, we have the partnerships, we have the limited liability companies. I've provided the pros and cons there and defined each structure and what is required. Um, and then we have the limited liability partnerships. Okay. Business plan is the second advice I have to empower your business. What is a business plan? If you recall that scripture in Habakkuk 2.2, it says, write the vision down, make it plain, so that he who reads it can run with it. I know people sometimes feel intimidated uh, with writing a business plan. Please do not. It's no any more complicated than you just writing down what you want to achieve with the business. Again, in developed countries, it's very difficult for you to run a business successfully without documentation. Investors will not invest without understanding what is your vision, what do you want to do, what do you want to accomplish, how are you going to accomplish it. So again, I've provided some high-level information on what should be inside a business plan. Your business plan could be two pages, for example. It doesn't have to be complicated. There are different types of business plans. There are simple business plans and there are complex business plans. You don't have, if you're baking or you're, you have a catering business or you're buying and selling items, you're buying items from a manufacturer and selling them on retail, and even if you're operating in your home, absolutely write it down. What are you, you know, trying to achieve? What is your vision? Where are you headed? What are the numbers looking like? What would you like the numbers to look like? You have to do a lot of research into that industry. So I explain, you have to think about what's going on in that industry, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So let's move on. Again, I provide more information on, um, on, on what should be inside the business plan and some things that you need to think about. Templates, you can get them online. There's so many. Literally, if you type in business plan template into Google, you will see so many different types of business plans. And some companies have been kind enough to share with us um, their own business plan. So you can pick a business plan in your industry. Again, like I said, if you're trading, if you're, if, if you're, you know, buying and selling stuff, you can pick a template or a business plan similar to, to your business, and you can use that as a format and as a template. Okay. Think about your audience. Keep it simple and straightforward. Articulate your vision very clearly. I love this one, SWOT analysis. We all know what that is. Literally, just put two or three bullet points on the strength of your business, the weakness, the opportunities, and the threats. Now, I remember, uh, again, doing that seminar we held on the 14th of March, I remember saying to them, think very carefully, what would you do if things go wrong? And you ought to put that in your business plan. How would I survive? 
Little did I know that a week later, we were going to go into lockdown. So you have to articulate, you have to think it through very carefully. Okay, I know the pandemic has now hit us, but think carefully, how would I survive? If, as Fumi just shared with us now, literally she went from 100% sales to 0% overnight, literally overnight. You have to put that down in your business plan. What would I do if that happened to me? So these are things that absolutely should go into your business plan because then you have a document to refer to when you're thinking straight, at least you clearly articulated your, your, um, what, what you want, what you would like to do um, um, if something went wrong. Another one I like to talk about is number 11, key man risk. A lot, of, a lot of us run businesses, the reality is that we don't all have staff like Fumi. Fumi is blessed, she has staff working for her. Not all businesses have that. Some of your businesses, it's just you. If you're in the catering business or you're baking, you're a fantastic baker and you're doing it from your home and you're doing very well, it might just only be you. I ask people to think about key man risk. What would happen to that business, particularly if you're operating in an industry where it requires a lot of expertise? What would happen to you? What would happen to the business if you decided that literally you want to take a month off, what if you fell ill? What would happen to the business then? If the business is so uh, dependent on you, uh, I call that the key man risk. And then number 13, nobody likes this, but every business plan must have an exit strategy. And I have that from personal experience. For those of you who may have heard me share my testimony before, and I went into business, I didn't have an exit strategy. So even when things were going wrong, when I should have cut my losses and run out of that industry fast, it was a mining industry, I should have, there was a, a particular point, a pivotal point that I should have made that decision as difficult as it, it may have been, Fumi just shared with us now how she had to make some tough decisions to let some people go. She had to let her PA go. I got to that moment where I had to make that decision. And guess what? I didn't make it. And it cost me a lot in the long run and put me into thousands and thousands of pounds of debt. So an exit strategy, the reality is we don't pray about it. We don't wish it to happen, but life happens. It happens to every one of us. Pandemic just hit every one of us. There must be an exit strategy. What would I do? if I got to a place where I need to exit the business so that I can reduce and keep my losses to a minimum and not get into debt. Okay, so let's move on. I want to spend most of my time on funding options. Let's move on quickly to funding options. I have 22 funding options for you. Again, I'm not going to be able to go into any detail because I want to allow question and answers at the end. I have 10 COVID-19 related funding options. What I did was I did some research. What is going on? Apologies if you're joining us from outside the UK, but this is UK focused. This is looking at what is the government doing for small businesses? So I've provided you the gov.uk link. That'll be available in the handout notes. 
um, please visit that website. It's loaded, packed with information. Most of what you see on the slides uh, came from that website, but I just summarized it for you so that you have all the information in one place. Um, obviously, you can also check eligibility on that website. They will tell you on that website if you're eligible for funding or what funding you, you are eligible for as a small business. So we know the self-employment income support scheme um, available, also known um, as furlough. Um, that, that's, um, uh, sorry, that's, but that's the furlough equivalent for the self-employed. That's the furlough equivalent for the self-employed, uh, which is available. Uh, three months cap, again, 7,500 maximum in total. So that's one. That's 80% of your trading profits. That's the maximum um, they would give you if you're self-employed. But guess what? You need it to have been registered with the government. So it's a catch-22 situation. If you were not registered with the government, they don't know you exist. There's nothing they can do to help you. Okay? Obviously, for those of us who are making VAT payments, deferral of the VAT payment was available for you. Um, and also, recently, reduction of VAT rates. So the VAT has now gone down to 5% for specific businesses or in specific uh, sectors, hospitality and particularly the hotel sector. So if you're operating in hospitality, you're providing a hospitality service, it's likely that your VAT rate would have gone down. Again, if you had any self-assessment payments um, that were due, again, those could be deferred to 31st of January 2021. Number four, we all know of the furlough scheme, so I'm not going to spend time on that. That's for people who have staff. You can furlough them, and the scheme is available till October. Then we have small business grant funds, SBGFs. Uh, is one of cash payments, £10,000 from your local council. You are if you are eligible for this, um, they will give it to you, but you need to have been occupying a, a property, a premises. So if you have a shop on, on the high street, a hairdresser, whatever, your local council, um, you most probably will be given the £10,000. We have the Retail Hospitality Leisure Grant Fund, Again, what limits all of these two things, you needed to be registered, and in most cases, you need to be occupying a property. And then, of course, the local authority discretionary fund as well. For small businesses, there are business interruption loan scheme where if you can prove, if you have business of up to, but not exceeding five million pounds, your business is worth in terms of uh, your inflow is less than five million pounds, you could be eligible for business interruption loan scheme if you can prove that your business has been impacted or affected by uh, COVID-19. And of course, they will give you, um, what they'll do is they'll give you the loan, but the government will guarantee your loan. So it's easier for you to get financing for those of you who are interested in loans. We have the bounce back loan scheme, again, available um, for small businesses. Um, the whole point of that one is quick access to cash. That's the whole point of the bounce back. Normally, it could take months and maybe even up to a year for you to get funding. 
In this case, they're saying they're going to do it for you very quickly. Literally, within weeks, you have the cash in your bank account. The government will guarantee 100% of the loan. There will be no fees, no interest, etc. So, yeah. And then, of course, we have the Future Fund for Innovative Companies. Uh, if you're in the, uh, particularly the IT e-commerce e business, think strongly about this one. The reason being because the government is trying to preserve innovation because one of the things that the pandemic did, um, yes, creativity was, uh, uh, creativity thrived in people, but they didn't want to lose that. They wanted people coming up with good ideas, innovative ideas to be able to get access to funding to develop those businesses. So those are the 10 that um, I have seen. Um, um, again, you can get more information about them on the um, uh, government website link I have provided. Now, what I have done, this, these are the, the remaining 12, the 12 I'm about to run through quickly are the traditional, traditional funding options for businesses. These are not necessarily COVID-19 related. That's number one. Number two, they um, have, they, I would just put a caveat on them. The, the way that they're operating is changing every day. But what I would say is the government is trying to make this more accessible to businesses. It's going in your favor. The direction the government is moving is in your favor as a business owner. Historically, it used to be that these funding options were so difficult to get and so difficult to access now, because of the pandemic, the government understands that small businesses are the life and blood of any economy. Uh, the small businesses must thrive and, and not only thrive, do extremely well for an economy to really, really um, be strong. So the, the trend of these other options is in your favor. Okay, we have the traditional family and friend. Uh, we know what the risks are to those, uh, but consider it, consider it. Um, if you have people who uh, can give you 10, 20,000 pounds cash, you know, and they can trust you, you know, absolutely think about them. Bank loans, banks are now, basically the government is now putting pressure on banks to help businesses. So if there's any time ever in the history of the economy that you can access a loan, it is now. Because there's a lot of pressure. I work in a bank. There's a lot of pressure on the banks to support small businesses. So this is the time. Even with very not so great credit, they're lowering the bar on what you can get. Okay. Crowdfunding. We know that a lot of that people use crowdfunding. Peer-to-peer uh, -peer financing. You can crowdfund for your business. You know, particularly if you have a cause you're passionate about, you can put it on, 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 on social media and then you can crowdfund for it. We have business angels. These are wealthy investors who are willing to invest um, in you as either as an individual or, or in a group. Now, please bear in mind what I said earlier, business structure, business plan. A lot of these investors will not even have a meeting with you if they don't see and understand your structure and 
your business plan. Oftentimes, they will want those, that documentation first before they will even have meetings with you. Venture capitalists, again, there are lots of websites out there. You can find venture capitalists. These are wealthy people. Dragon's Den, if you think about them, they're a group of people who want to invest in businesses. They, if they like your idea, they will do everything they can to um, invest. Okay, I'm just checking the time. Short-term loans, again, similar to bank loans, but could not necessarily, it doesn't have to come from um, uh, a bank. It could be from somewhere else. Um, this is one time, you know, be very careful with payday loans. Um, I don't like them personally, but there are instances where payday loans can help, particularly if it's short term and where you know um, for sure you will be able to repay. Um, but please be extremely careful. The interest rates are high. There is no chance of default. If you default, they're taking you to the cleaners. So be extremely careful with short-term loans and payday loans. We have guaranteed loan schemes, again, from the government, enterprise finance guarantee. If you Google some of these, just put in guaranteed loan schemes, um, lots of options will come up um, that you can uh, select from. Incubators and accelerators, again, similarly, these are programs designed um, to, for startups. So if you're thinking of starting a business, incubators and accelerators are fantastic opportunities for you to obtain funding um, to start up your business. Research and development grants. Um, you know, if you're in that area where the government, there are lots of industries and, and um, uh, entrepreneurial ideas where the government is really, again, as I said earlier, trying hard to protect um, our innovation for the future, um, they, they have made grants available. And again, as I said before, the trend is in your favor now because everybody now understands the power that small businesses have and the, their importance in any economy in the world. And finally, we have um, enterprise investment schemes, seed enterprise investment schemes, again, very similar. These are investors who basically um, subscribe for shares. So they, they ask for shares in your business um, in exchange um, or, 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 or for funding. But what they do, the, what, because you might ask the question, well, what's in it for them? Well, what's in it for them is that they get in, income tax relief from the government for investing in your business. So that's the benefit. They prove to the government that we've invested in this small business. It's, um, it's risky, blah, blah, blah. And the government turns around and says, okay, we'll give you income tax relief. Thank you for supporting that business because small businesses are the lifeblood of the economy. Okay. But the, there are caveats around that, qualifying trades. Um, and then we have government startup loans. Please Google them again. I've put the link in there. Apply startup loan uh, in, in the gov.uk. Check if you are eligible. You might be, you never know. Um, up to 25,000 pounds. The interest is relatively low. 6% was before the pandemic. I am almost certain that interest rate is now much lower now. I don't know how much lower it is, but I'm certain it is much lower, but the websites can, can tell you. 
And then finally, asset finance loans. Um, these are, tend to be more sophisticated type funding, if you like. Um, they're very similar to mortgages. You have to be very careful. This is where they will secure um, the loan against a property. So you might decide you want to put your house. If you really believe in your business and you want to take the risk, you may decide you want to put your house up as an, uh, as an asset and then you would, get, you would get the funding. Okay, apologies, I had to rush through that. As I said, there's a lot of information. You will get it in the handouts. Um, all the links are there. Please visit the website, check your eligibility criteria. Anything you're, uh, you're, you're uh, eligible for, go ahead um, and, and, and get funding for your business. Over to you, Tineke. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Tony. We have a couple of questions, some of which you might have touched on, but I'm going to raise them so you can probably go into a bit more information. Someone was wondering about information on profit organizations um, like charities, on non-profit, sorry, on non-profit organizations and charities. Is there anything you can say about that? Yeah, the challenge we have now is that the government is so inundated, we're just trying to, you know, they're firefighting. So, what in, when you firefight, um, you're going to make some, they're going to be gaps. Yeah. So the, one of the areas that the government is still being criticized for um, is not for profit organizations, charities. They're not doing enough. There are lots of commentary out there. Uh, as I was reading up last week, the government's still not doing enough for charities, unfortunately. Uh, it's really sad, but as you can understand, they're firefighting, they're trying to get small businesses to survive. So they've almost said, listen, let's tackle some of these things one by one. But it looks like charities have been left behind in all of this. Other than the furlough scheme, um, it's very difficult to see how the government um, is doing anything. I mean, it's one of my own areas of passion as well, is charities. And I just, my personal view is the government's not just doing enough, particularly even for churches. You know, they're just not doing enough. So unfortunately, I think that's a gap. Um, but if I do, you know, if I do find any more, I am following, I'm keeping up to pace with what the government's doing. As I said, it was literally two days ago, they released the reduction in VAT rate for hospitality. And I caught that quickly and inserted it into the slide. But I am keeping on tab. Um, so if that person wants to email Jesus, uh, Kingdom Treasures at jesushouse.org.uk, I will reply if I find anything specifically for charities. I will, yeah. Okay, brilliant. So a quick thing. Can I ask you to stop sharing your screen, please? Next question. Is there any support for non-self-employed? So, for example, directors of their own companies who are employed by their own company who earn an income via dividends and not PAYE. Again, that is the second gap. I'm glad the person asked the question. Those are the two biggest gaps. Um, if you earn income by dividend, uh, director of your company, you pay yourself a small salary and you earn income by dividend. Unfortunately, again, it's very, that's a big gap. Um, and you may have seen some of it in the news where the government has, uh, where the government has been criticized for not helping contractors. So lots of contractors have companies, they pay themselves a dividend, they don't pay much salary. Again, that's a big gap. 
the government's not really helping that much. For the business, though, they will, if you have uh, salaried employees, they will furlough your staff. Well, the director, and they will follow the director as well. But guess what? If the director is only paying himself £5,000 in salary every, uh, every year, they will only get 80% of that for the whole year. Exactly. So it's a cash 22. Exactly. Because I believe if you've been earning dividends, then you must be on the wealthy no. Yeah. Okay, another question. Last question we can take because we're running out of time, but let me just ask this. What is the general criteria banks consider in assessing applications for loans for companies apart from credit rating? And she's not thinking about startups here. Okay, so, okay, so apart from credit rating, well, they look at other things, viability, which is why your business plan becomes very important. So you're saying, ignore, putting, uh, putting uh, credit rating aside, they'll look at viability. What are the prospects of that business? Can that business really bring in cash? As Fumi said earlier, it's all about cash. Can that business bring in cash money in the future to pay back the loan gradually? That's the first thing, aside from credit, uh, credit rating, that they're looking at. Okay, fantastic. Okay, I think that's it. Let me just check if there's any more questions. Tony, what are your details? How can they get all of you? Through Kingdom Treasurers? Yes, please. Um, so that's kingdomtreasurers at jesushouse.org.uk. Um, there's a question here. Is there a difference between a contingency plan and a continuity plan? Quickly. One of you, yeah. one minute. So contingency is exactly what the word means. It's dependent on X, Y, and Z. So if so-and-so happens, this is my plan. Um, okay. I'm dependent on something. Continuity is how do I carry on regardless? That's literally the difference. It's in the English. Contingency, something must happen for something to happen. Continuity, how do I roll on the business? As Fumi explained earlier, she was thinking, how do I make sure my business survives? That's, That's the most important thing. To Fantastic. Do. Okay, ladies, thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. Just a few announcements before we close. We also have two more webinars in this series. The next one is on Wednesday, the 22nd, and it's about digital transformation and technology. And then we have one on the 1st of August, which is about building a strong personal brand. You will need to register for those like you registered for these. So um, if you go to www.jh7.uk forward slash Kingdom Treasurers, you'll be able to register. And we really do hope that you will. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you've got something out of this. And hopefully we'll see you next week at our webinars. God bless you all. 